Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Hi, Sarah. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Trisha. I'm really stoked to be here. You're welcome. So for all the listeners, this is Sarah Anderson. She is author of the Starstruck series and I saga, excuse me, but a series of books that is a saga. I can't even, it's so cool that you are about to release your eighth book in that series. Yeah, I am so excited. It's been a long time coming. We had to delay the release because COVID scrambled everyone and everyone involved. For a while, I thought the manuscript was cursed. But we fought that curse and it's coming out Feb 22nd, 2022, 2222, the ultimate Tuesday. So we're all very excited, me especially, because it's my little baby, my little cursed baby, and it's going to hit the shelves. <laughs> awesome. Well, I have to hear the story because there must be a story here. Uh, behind the curse? Yes. <laughs> uh, it all started when I got everything back from my first editor and everything was going fine. And then we realize, oh no, there's a massive gaping plot hole that the editor missed because, well, we're living in pandemic land and uh, things are not happening. So connected with another, my second editor who helped me work through the plot hole, everything was going great. And then she gets hospitalized for things I will not share here. Not COVID related, believe it or not. And so everyone who gets involved in this book ended up with something crazy happening. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is a coincidence. Send it off to my better readers. The day after I send it off, I get a response from a better reader. The email is short and all it says is the curse is real. And she leaves me like that. And I just sit back in my chair and go, I have doomed us all. I have doomed everyone. But it all worked out for the best. Um, too many personal things that I will not go into here, but everyone's okay now. Everyone's okay now. We all made it through. I think it's just um, further evidence of our resilience in the face of this pandemic. We're all cursed, but we're all making it through together. I love That's that. Why I keep yes. saying we. I keep saying we about the release of this book because it feels like such a team effort. People dragged me through the mud to get this book done, and I am just so thankful. Well, that makes it even more special and celebratory when you have a story and a group of people around you that, you know, are going through it with you together. It really is. I am just so thankful to have these people in my life. As crazy as this book is and as crazy as the story into making it happen is, we all did it. Very cool. And the eighth in the series, like my longest series so far is only five books. So I can't even imagine writing eight books. And I looked you up a little bit, just a little bit, and I see you are sci-fi alien fantasy. So tell me all about your world, your characters, what we're going to find in book eight. Oh my gosh. So book eight, we've come a long way since book one. The main premise is from book one is just that this girl hits an alien with her car and realizes this is perfect for her new roommate situation because she needs someone to pay the rent. 
So they form a friendship and this friendship has really grown over the past eight books. And so they're out in space now, they're fighting massive alien conspiracies, having a great time. Uh, it's sci-fi humor, so a lot of random chaos is thrown in there, a lot of good laughs. And they have done a lot of growth of the past eight books. Even I can't believe it. I'm actually nervous because they've got two more books left in the series to come. And uh, how am I going to top book eight? How am I going to give them more? And honestly, I don't want to hurt them that much. I love them. I love these little characters too much. Sally and Xander and Blade are just wonderful characters that have really come a long way since book one. So um, also, um, next time I tell anyone I'm going to write a 10 book series, some, uh, slap me around the head. That's probably not a good plan. <laughs> it's time it, you need to calm things down. Yeah, I, 10 books, I can't even imagine. Like I said, my longest one is five and one of those is a prequel. So I'm not even sure that five counts. <laughs> We're in, does it start out in space or does it start out on earth? Book one is entirely on earth. It is as down to earth as an alien story can be <laughs> uh, while being a comedy at the same time. Um, each book has its own specific location, at least for the first uh, five or so, and then things just get wacky. And I don't want to say exactly why. There's something that we, we change things up after book five in a major, major way. So in a way, you could think of the first five books being their own little series, and then um, the next would be not, I'm not going to say spinoff, because it's the same characters, but massive wrench thrown into their relationships, and things go crazy after book five. Oh, well. Yeah, we don't want to have too many spoilers here. It's hard to keep things vague. <laughs> it is hard to keep things vague, especially when you have a series. I interviewed another group of authors on Monday and they had a release coming out as well and it was the last in the series. And I'm like, okay, well, what can you say about the first first books? And they're like, well, we'll read you the back covers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, I feel that right here. <laughs> Are these characters white, well, I guess they're not YA young adult characters because they started off YA. They've just grown oh, okay. up a lot. Okay, so how old is she when the book starts? The first book, she's between 18 and 19. Um, she started university and dropped out, just wasn't for her. And she's trying to find her life in the world as a young adult. You know, you're just kind of thrust into the responsibility. You're an adult now, enjoy. And she doesn't <laughs> really know where she fits in all this. Um, but by now she's what, like 22, 23, and she's starting to figure out and trying to really carve a space for herself in this crazy, crazy world. And uh, at least for me as a writer, it's been a lot of fun seeing her involved from this person who was just so shy and anxious to someone who can harness her anxiety and is just total badass, even with her anxiety and uh, still the depression hanging in the back there, but she can punch that for a bit. Very cool. Well, it's cool that you have characters that are real like that, that have anxiety or depression, but, you know, soldier on. Yeah, mental health, I feel like it's something that we really got to talk about, especially with young adults. It's one of those things that, thank. I mean, when this first book came out, it was 2017. And just in that time since it came out, the discussion has evolved incredibly. And it's amazing to see how many more books are out there that can help teens and young adults grapple with the struggle. It's something that we've all fought with and something I write about because it helps me deal with these things that I'm going through as well. And um, it's, been, it's been incredible to see this whole community rise up and grow around uh, things that should be talked about and are now. Yeah, I think that's really cool as well. I wrote 
my Faye series was based on a short story that I was going to put in an anthology, and it was an anthology of fantasy characters with mental health issues is what you had to write it around. And I'm not sure it ever went anywhere. My story wasn't picked, but I had this short story sitting there and I fell in love with the characters and then just kept going with it. Um, but my, my main character has anxiety as well. So I, That's fantastic. I like that. So it went bigger and better places then. Sounds amazing. Yes, it did. Tell me about the world they live in. Is it future? Is it contemporary? It's contemporary. Uh, we're learning a bit about how um, alien interact. There's a lot of alien interactions going on on Earth, but it's not the the usual that you see. We don't have like ET going on here. Now we're just a fantastic tourist location for most aliens out there, and they enjoy coming to Earth or you know finding a good tax haven if they can get a get their jobs in right if they can start up their own small businesses. So um, finding the basically unveiling the secret alien communities around us and Sally just trying to fit in with her world and which is she's realizing is not the world she knew and not the world we knew. And um, basically trying to stand up for the way that we are treated in the world in the universe uh, that we don't even know about. I'm trying not to give too many spoilers. I hope I'm not too vague here. No, no, I don't think so at all. So most humans are not aware that aliens are on our earth, correct? Yeah, most most everyone. Basically just Sally and a few people, not even most people in government are involved because they, they're blabbermouths. They're blabbermouths and if you don't pay them enough, they're gonna tweet about it. So um, that's, yeah. So it's pretty secretive, but and the aliens, they're totally cool with it. They're just happy to be on earth. We've got a beautiful planet here. We've got fun stuff to do. Pizza's fantastic. So they're <laughs> gonna stick around for a bit. Very cool. And can you tell me how the aliens feel about us? Is it a negative thing or is that something that's... It, it depends on the person. It depends on the alien. They, they pretty much love living here. There's some people they don't like living with and some people they do. It's, uh, I'm trying to keep my, I hate to say this, my aliens as human as possible. They're all just people like you and me. They just have different life experiences and hey, they weren't born on our rock, but they can appreciate it. Okay, great. That is super cool. That's a great idea. I'm not sure that I've really heard anything similar to that. I'd love to find more books like this because I just love the idea of just the casual friendliness between cultures. It's just a cultural exchange on a global scale. Global, galactic, sorry. Galactic. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come up with the idea? Um, years ago, a friend and I were just bouncing ideas off each other, and uh, this was back when uh, we were we were teens in high school, and all we wanted to do was write, and she was my first writing buddy, and it grew from that, and after we finished high school, and even I was, I think I was finishing my undergrad, I was like, I just really, I love these characters, and I don't want them to see, see them just sitting on the shelf for the rest of my life, their lives, they're living on in my terrible teenage rantings, but... <laughs> I wanted to see them out there. So um, I started writing and my friend was like, go for it. Love these characters too. They deserve it. And so just kept building up on that. And it, a lot of the original ideas were just things that we bounced off each other in our teenage anxiety. And That's it just grew cool. and grew and grew from there. Did you always want to be a writer? Yes. Ever since I was a kid, I just really knew that I wanted to tell stories. 
but it's because I come from a storytelling family. My grandpa's stories are my favorite stories. They're always ridiculous and they're great. And growing up with people who just love telling stories to each other, it just felt like a natural fit. Like I had to tell stories. It's my life. And I, just talking to you, I can hear a lot of the humor. It sounds like in your family, there was a lot of that. Oh my gosh. I, I wish I could have my grandpa over here right now. He's, he's <laughs> in the States right now. Um, and I miss him like crazy, but he always tells the best stories. And my dad does too. That's how he, whenever we'd go bored, we'd get bored hiking. He'd just tell us stories. He'd start inventing stuff as we're walking as a family. And by the end of the, the hiking trip, it was a full book. He could have published it. I don't know why he never did. Very cool. But that probably got you through the hike. <laughs> oh my gosh, it totally did. And I regret not writing any of these down. I was going to say, yeah, my kids always hated hiking. I should have tried something like that. I'm not sure it would have worked. Oh, it's never too late. Family story hike time. Right. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get a 17-year-old to do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's okay. And so you mentioned your undergrad. Did you get a degree in writing or in a related uh, field or no? Well, Science-wise, yes. I'm actually about to finish my PhD in astrophysics. Ooh, very cool. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so the next nine months, I'm not going to be writing books. I'm going to be writing my manuscript. And then by the end of this year, I should hopefully be Dr. S.E. Anderson. Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting. I have Thank a you. master's degree in microbiology, so I know <sighs> a little bit about that process. Writing That's so cool. thesis is a daunting task. And in microbiology, that is a really challenging, cool field. <laughs> okay, I would have said the same thing about astrophysics, but yes. Yeah, what, well, I'm examining the extremely large and you're examining the extremely small. Right, right. What do you want to do with your degree? Hopefully more research, but also writing more sci-fi that's rooted in science. That, that is super cool. That's fun. And, so I'm guessing you bring a lot of what you know in your studies into your books as well. Yeah, sometimes when I come across a concept that I really like that, you know, the more I'm going into it science-wise, the more I'm getting tired of it, but my brain is imagining crazy stuff. So like book five, I wrote when I was actually doing, this was back when I thought I was going to do theoretical astrophysics. Oh my gosh, what a crazy person I was back then. Um, I did... Um, a short little internship where I learned about quantum information. And the whole concept was just so incredible to me that information is physical, that it actually is something. It is basically the opposite of entropy. And I brought that into, in a humoristic way, into book five, where we have the library at the center of the universe that contains all information in the universe, except information pertaining to itself, because that would be a paradox. So that was a lot of fun to write. And I'm not even sure if it's entirely scientifically accurate because I sent it to my advisor back then. And he's like, well, it's a story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was one of those things that I found so fascinating, but not from a science point of view, but from a science fiction point of view. And so it's allowing me to explore the stuff that is rather dry when it comes down to the math, but with more fun. That's really neat. Yeah, I'm hearkening the interstellar movie here is what that theory is reminding me of and the whole bookshelf type vision at the end or world oh, they were in at the end it was Do you remember so that movie cool. yeah such a it was a great movie like it was also in that idea of taking something that 
it's the way that science can be seen through the lens of storytelling. And it's just so cool. And the music is amazing. And I, I will rave about that movie. It is so good. Yeah. Well, sorry, my dog. <laughs> um, yeah. And the movie Contact was like that for me too. And I just rewatched that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you've seen that Loved one. It. Okay. I talked to somebody the other day and they had never seen that movie. And I was like, okay, you're kidding. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so good. I'm a massive fan of Carl Sagan, who had written the book, and I think he was involved in the screenplay too. But he is just such an amazing, not just scientist, but science communicator. He is so passionate about space and the universe, and the way he speaks about it is so beautiful. It's basically poetry. His pale blue dot speech just gets me every time, tearing up just thinking about it. Um, so that's major inspiration in my life. Wish I could be more like him for the time being. Got to thesis to finish but you know maybe <laughs> 20 years from now I can say unify myself so Carl Sagan is one big author that you look to what other authors do you enjoy reading definitely Douglas Adams the way that he approaches just humor in oh it's just so incredible the, it, everything he writes makes me laugh it's just wonderful and it's just this approach of the universe is chaotic and you just approach it with joy. And I just love that. Like rolling with the punches and just enjoying yeah. the ride, right? And that's, and yes, it's just so wonderful. And right now it's a hard thing to put into practice with COVID going on and all the other craziness we're living in to basically approach the chaos of this time with unrelenting joy. It is a hard exercise but it is keeping us going on, going through. And so I, I wish Douglas Adams was writing stuff about what's going on right now, because I'm sure it'd be amazing and irreverent. <laughs> well, I was just saying to my husband, our last four weeks have been very tumultuous. And I was like, you know what? We are going to be so resilient. We are going to be so badass. And our kids are going to be even more so after this. <laughs> that, and I think everyone's just focusing on enjoying their family and what we have. So yeah, I think that's the good things that are coming out of all the craziness. Yeah, I hope that these things will stick. I, I'm really loving some of the changes. I like the move to working from home, I, not entirely. I mean, the, the loneliness and the home environment is not always great for working, but at the same time, this ability to be able to work in an environment that you choose rather than you're forced to go to, it's allowing people to find what they're good at, where they're good at. It's, it's a wonderful exploration and I hope we get to keep it. I hope we're not all forced back into offices at the end of all this. And I mean, our dogs are so happy. Yes, <laughs> and my cat is even happier. He, he loves attention somehow. He's the opposite Aww. of the cat. But you know, but things with like, Research with microbiology, you pretty much have to be hands-on. Maybe astrophysics, you can be outside the lab, but oh, yeah. there are some jobs where we have to do that. And you talked a little bit about your anxiety and depression, and you weave that into your story. Do you want to talk more about that? You, you, you touched on that being so important right now. Do you want to, is that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that a message you want people to like pay attention to you in books or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that so many of us deal with, but don't have the language to recognize it or the tools to fight it. And it's so easy to just slip into 
the the feelings you're feeling because of this anxiety, this depression, and the thoughts that aren't really realistic or rational or healthy. And oh, it's so much easier to say this before the pandemic happened because right now we are in a state where we do not feel safe. And when we don't feel safe, it's hard for our brains to process things properly. And we're gonna be in a constant state of baseline. Our, our bar is lifted basically for our anxiety. It's gonna be constantly there. It's gonna constantly ringing in the background. And um, yeah, so it's really harder now for me to speak about this first book because I feel like it was so, it was a raindrop in a storm, you know what I mean? It was just a, a little drop in the ocean and now we're, we're swimming and we're out here and we're fighting it. And uh, it's getting harder and harder to stay afloat. But what I really felt was important was building that network around you of people who love and support you, because that is gonna be the best way of uh, staying afloat, recognizing what you're going through, recognizing that it's not always rational, it's not always your healthy thoughts that are coming through. Having someone by your side through all this, it's just a fantastic, not fantastic, <laughs> an essential, buffer, an essential life raft. Um, I feel like I'm getting away from Starstruck because it was so different back then. Book eight is now written entirely in the pandemic. Book seven was my beginning of pandemic. It's so great. I'm at home, write a book so fast. Wow, this is amazing. Book eight is COVID fatigue. Book eight is, I have such a story to tell, but I can't get out of bed in the morning. And so I feel like there's just a massive difference in tone in this last book because it's, it's what's crazy is that the plot I came up with it for it, I came up with years ago. It was an idea that I wanted to work with. Okay, I'm gonna spoil this. Well, tell us something, yes. Okay, us, yes, okay. so <laughs> the main villain or issue they're trying to fight in this book. Now remember, I came up with this idea in 2016. 2016, right? The idea is that everybody is uh, is feeling or suffering this baseline dread and it's getting louder and louder and louder. And it's everywhere in the universe at once. And they're trying to figure out where it's coming from. And when I started writing this in the middle of pandemic, picking up this old idea and trying to write it, I'm like, this is a little too relatable right now. Maybe I should be writing something completely different. but the voice in my head was like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta write it because you're gonna work through it. And what I found was that the people around you are incredible. And if you have this beautiful network of people who love and support you, you can accomplish anything. You really can. It's not gonna be easy. I'm not saying it's a band-aid that solves everything. I'm just saying that it is so essential. And that's what I found not just in writing the book, or in the plot of the book. It just, it was so parallel. Real life and the stuff that's going on in the book. Just with the curse of the book, for example. Like how, how is all of this coming together? How is this happening? Anyway, I feel like I'm diverging again, but book eight is special to me for that reason. Very because cool. it's taking both what's going on outside to us me trying to figure out how to cope with this craziness at the same time as Sally's trying to figure out how to save the universe from this craziness. And uh, I hope we reach the end with a solid conclusion. Well, that's really interesting concept. So there's some 
maybe overarching being that's sending out these feelings to everyone that's what they're investigating they don't know if it's a disease because certain diseases can make people feel dread um i think it's called um lekmanos lekmanesia the first symptom you feel is something's going to happen there's a tiger that's going to jump on you you feel that panic you feel that anxiety and that's actually your body its immune system's going uh-oh, what's going on here? So could it be a disease that they're fighting? Could it be a supervillain with a crazy beam who's like pew, 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 everybody feel the depression? Um, is it sound? Is it bacterial? Anyway, no spoilers, but um, I, I really had a lot of fun writing this concept, this sci-fi answer to it. The techno babble behind it was really fun. Well, I'm ex I, I might have to like read just that one first. <laughs> <laughs> because that sounds like it's right up my wheelhouse. Of, oh, I hope you like it. I have, I have to figure out what this, how they get through and what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Sally and her roommate, the alien she meets first. What is the name of that character? That's Xander. Xander. And what are the other manager characters? So you have his sister, Blade, who is just absolutely off the wall, fantastic. But um, she sees the universe in very black and white and so i really like writing her character because it's very like okay that sucks let's go destroy them all she's <laughs> fantastic um and then you have sally's best friend marcy who is very it's her, she's her grounding element she's the character who is earthbound has no idea anything uh, any of this is going on and so it's her sally's rock to turn to that sounds very much like you and your writing buddy friend Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes, Marcy. <laughs> Who is, That's yeah. Super cool. And do Xander and I forgot his blade, do yeah. they have special abilities or compared Ooh. to humans? Yeah, yes, they do. That's a bit of the spoilery. Um, all right, without spoilers, so I think this is pretty quick and starstruck, you figure it out. They're able to teleport pretty much anywhere in the universe. The problem is they can't figure out where. So it's completely random. So th when they start, they don't know where they're going to end up. Exactly. So they could show up on Earth, or they could show up on an entirely different planet, or they could be in a different galaxy. They have no idea. And But the thing is that they have been traveling the universe for so long at this speed of light that they're uh, basically, they've just been doing this for years and years and years that they've lost track of time. They don't really know if they've been to one place before or not. So they're just having a grand old time just seeing like everything there is to see. Cool. And do they live forever? I mean, dun, dun, dun. that's uh, just a not gonna tell me. book one, you'll find out. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> well, now I have to give book one exact, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. And do they have a home planet? Do they remember their home planet? They don't remember it. That's the problem. They've been jumping around the universe for so long that they've lost their home and they don't know where they're from and they don't know how to get, to get back to it. So uh, their main goal through all this is trying to figure out who they are deep inside. Who are they? And are there other people like them out there? Very cool. That sounds very coming of age, discovering who you are like-ish. So I love that. Yay. Do you want to talk about your other contemporary fantasy? Oh yeah, this one's just so completely different. We are going from the crazy sci-fi humor to down-to-earth travel romance contemporary YA. Um, this book called X Marks the Spot, X spelled A-I-X for the town of Aix-en-Provence. 
um, as an American who's always lived in France, pretty much my entire life I have spent here, I have the ultimate culture shock, who am I questioning? Um, it's still ongoing. I'm not a teen anymore, but I still have those teenage who am I questions going on here. And I decided to um, write a book about it. Um, my family had always told me to write a memoir, but memoirs just weren't working for me. I was trying to write it down, but it just felt like no one would believe me because so much weird stuff had happened. And um, then one morning I woke up with the entire plot of X marks the spot in my head. This has never happened to me before or since. I wrote in a frenzy. The first draft took me less than two weeks. Wow. And I could not believe how it just poured out of me. It was like a story that had just built up over time and needed to come out. And so with X marks the spot, we're following a girl, Jamie, who's never been to France before, but her family is French. And um, after her mother goes through an accident in the state, she's forced to go live with her grandmother in France and discover her roots, so to speak. Roots that aren't her roots, but who everyone around her is like, welcome home, welcome back. And she's trying to connect with this part of herself that she did not know before. And I included all my favorite places in Provence in there. All the places that I really hold in my heart and consider home. So, um, and. Basically, it's a treasure hunt through all these favorite places. So it's just sweet and fun. And I just, it's so different from Starstruck in so many different ways. It's just this, this romance that comes out of nowhere. And I just really am so, I have such a special place in my heart for this book. That is so neat. That's a great way to write your story sort of through another character. And I wish more books came to me like that. I mean, come on, two weeks. That was just, that felt amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night two nights ago with this like plot idea. And I don't now I don't even know if I dreamed it or I was awake and I just thought of it. And I was like, oh, that's how they get from X, Y to yeah, X to Y in the story. And I was like, how in the world did my brain even think of that? But it's really cool how those things just click for us, right? Yeah. And it feels so right. It just really feels so right when you get one of those moments. It's just like, yes, everything is coming up me. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I love hearing about your Starstruck Saga. And I think all our listeners are going to like click, click, click right over Yay. there. Tell us where we can find it. So you can find it on Amazon. So that's Starstruck by S.E. Anderson. And uh, we also have audiobooks available. If you like audiobooks, we're on Audible. The first two books are Audible, and the third one should be out any day now. It's Audible's trying to decide what's going on there. Uh, so we are moving through the series audiobook-wise. But yes, Very Amazon's the easiest place to reach us. Reach me. Very good. Would say Anderson, yes, Effie Anderson. And what is the title of the first book? Just Starstruck. Just Starstruck. And the eighth book is going to be titled Dreadnought. Red knot. Oh, this is the dread that's spreading through the universe. Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, Sarah Anderson, S.E. Anderson. And is your website the same? Can they find you there as well? SEAndersonAuthor.com. Very cool. Thank you again. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. 
And until next time, keep finding the magic.